Kevin Bowen here. Don't forget to listen to The Fan now on 93.5 or 107.5 FM. And check out our latest coverage online at 1075thefan.com. Freaking kicker drama. Welcome to the life of the 2019 Indianapolis Colts. They look like a bad fantasy football roster right now with three quarterbacks and two kickers. That's the state of this team. Four weeks ago in the regular season, I'm Kevin Bowen back. Joey Molinaro wearing his black and gold, very proud after the Boilers dominated the Virginia Cavaliers last night. In Mackey Arena. It is Thursday morning as we record. Adam Benatari is still a Colt. He's still in the 53 man roster, but he has another kicker alongside him on the 53 man roster, and he's hurt. Officially hurt, I should say. Uh, we got to start here, Joey, right? Yeah, I'll steal a line from one of my favorite Christmas movies, Tis the Season. Like Cousin Eddie said, it's a gift that keeps on giving all year, and that's what the kicker situation has been. For the Colts. And this gift is filled with coal because that's exactly what it's been for the Colts here in 2019. Um, we'll see what today brings. You know, we probably are <laughs> probably recording this when we shouldn't be recording right. it because yep. information might break sometime today. But what we know is this Adam Vinatieri showed up on the injury report on Wednesday, first time he's been on it all season with a knee injury. He had a knee injury in August on his plant leg. I think I've said on this podcast numerous times, he's hurt. He's 46 years old. That's not shocking to me. My knee's hurt, and I'm 26. So. Right, exactly. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, sorry that your knee's hurt, but 46-year-old um, people, any little injury, it affects them. Yeah. And we've talked about that a lot on this podcast. Joey, I don't know if you saw Frank Reich's quotes last night about I did not. this situation. Me in. He went on SiriusXM. And said that um, basically the knee injury flared up in pregame warm-ups on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Vinny tried to kind of gut it out. Now they've taken some MRIs. Vinny actually practiced yesterday. He was limited. Oh, I watched him kick. And then all of a sudden he goes inside with a rehab member of the rehab staff. And, and the Colts are weighing MRIs right now that will probably determine what the future holds for him here in 2019 with four games to go. But I'm like, wait, 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 wait. This happened in pregame warm-ups on Sunday? Why did he kick a 55-yarder? Why did he kick a 52-yarder? Why did he kick a 46-yarder? Like, what? I am a big Frank Reich fan, big Chris Ballard fan. I think that duo, Ballard and Reich, honestly, Joey... I'd put in the top five-ish, seven-ish, whatever, GM kind of head coach combinations when you look forward. I think they have a lot of great core beliefs about them that make me think they can be successful moving forward. Yet, I feel like they've been roofied when handling this kicking situation. Yeah. Like, they are making decisions at 3 a.m. on a Saturday night of Little Five Week that... I'm so used to them making, like, very coherent, very smart decisions, you know, at 10 a.m. getting ready for a final. Like, what in the world? How they've handled this kicking operation, Mm -hmm. it's just, it goes against 
some of their core beliefs, and it goes against logic. Like, wait, the 46-year-old kicker is hurt in warm-ups? So in the first quarter, let's attempt 250-yard-plus field goals. Makes sense. What what in the world is going on? I mean, I don't know if you just go for it then every every time. Do you do you do what Tennessee did and kind of have Ryan suck up only out there for forty yard field goals and in and Rigoberto kicks longer field goals? Like I'm just this whole thing just makes you want to bash your head through a window, dude. Like what yeah. is going on? So. We'll see, man. Um, Chase McLaughlin, come on down. Your opening act at Ruoff Home Mortgage Center next year. It's, a, it's such a millennial name, Chase McLaughlin. It does sound like something that would show up on Hank right? FM. Yeah. You know, Hank FM, he's playing at Tin Roof maybe tomorrow night. I I, I don't know. For but sure. um, he's in the building. He's on your 53-man roster. This is a name we've mentioned before on this very podcast. He worked out for the Colts back in week three. And let's remember. Throughout this process, the Colts have made it pretty clear. They maybe haven't said this publicly, but, you know, behind the scenes, they they pretty much have. They don't like what's out there on the kicking market. That's why they've held on to Venetari as long as they have. Sure. Well, Chase McLaughlin, he really hasn't been out there for that long. Yes, you had your chance in week three. You, you, you could have made a move then. But he's now kicked seven games for the Chargers and 49ers. He got nabbed up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, his resume, he's an undrafted free agent out of Illinois. He is Half the age of Adam Vinatieri. He's 23. Adam Vinatieri will turn 47 here in a few weeks. Uh, he was in Buffalo during the preseason. He was perfect in the preseason. He is perfect on extra points this season, 15 of 15. He's 13 of 17 on field goals. What are the misses? The bad miss. Remember the bad miss of San Francisco, Seattle, oh, Monday yeah. night? He, Wasn't he, that essentially an extra point? I mean, is that cl- it was pretty close. Yeah, right? it wasn't like fifty-five or anything like that. That was the that was the duck hook that just oh man, it it, it went in the tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> it was right. so bad. Now he did make one to get them, I think, into overtime, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, in that game. So I'm not sure how long those misses, but thirteen of seventeen equals seventy-six percent. Vinatieri is seventeen of twenty-five on field goals. That's sixty-eight percent. Obviously, you look at the extra points. 100% for McLaughlin, 15 of 15. Vinatieri is 22 of 28 for 78% on extra points. So those are the comparable numbers. I think Ian Rappaport tweeted last night the Bills and Patriots also put in waiver claims for him. So he was pretty sought after. Weird the Patriots have had so much issues with had like 19 kickers this year. Um, and the Bills, that was who he was with in the preseason. Steven Hauschka, I believe, is their kicker. So the Colts, if nothing else, if this is only for insurance purposes, if Vinatieri might not kick on Sunday, mm-hmm. okay. But this is a great move by the Colts for the long term. I'm a big fan of this move. Like, this is what teams should do in the month of December that aren't sure if they are going to make the playoffs. Have one eye looking ahead to the future. Okay. Remember a few years ago? This was a clipboard Jesus, Matt Hasselbeck, years sure, ago. Yeah. The Colts claimed Stephen Morris late in that season. Mm-hmm. Stephen Morris was claimed not to be a quarterback for this team that year. He was claimed with one eye looking towards the future. That is what this Chase McLaughlin move is. Yes, you might need him right now, but also he's a 23-year-old kicker that's under, I think he's under a very reasonable contract next season. Like, he's your guy yep. moving forward. Maybe for, you know, we could be looking at the next kicker for the Colts for the next 10 years. Wow. Like, that 
I think that's a, a very real possibility. So um, we'll see what plays out today in the next 48 hours, but I think it's a fair question to ask, is the last image of Adam Vinatieri in a Colts uniform the block field goal? You'd hate to see it. You know, such a sour end to a, a first bout Hall of Fame career in my mind. He's one of the greatest players in NFL history, regardless of position. Um, you know, it's funny. Yesterday, I asked Frank Reich. Remember how I, I, I promised people I would ask the question about do the misses on field goals and extra points impact your decision making on fourth down? Like, does that influence analytics? And Reich said, yes, it, wow. it has. I mean, it has made them slightly more aggressive. I can't believe he admitted that just openly like that. Yes, I appreciate some of the candor for sure. Um, but again, hearing that, that I'm like, wait, why, why was Vinny, why was Vinny attempting 50 yard plus field goals yeah. if he's getting hurt in warmups? What were those situations? What was the down and distance on those fourth downs? Do you remember? One of them was long. One of them was like a fourth and 12. Uh, the other one was the fourth and one in which Ryan Kelly had the false start and you became fourth and six. Mm. Now, fourth and six, I still think is reasonable to go for it. Like that isn't that far fetched to me. Yeah, that's medium. Um, but yeah, man, this soap opera of a story continues. Uh, you know, it sounds like you know Vinny wanted to test it out this week. Doesn't appear to have gone great in practice on Wednesday. Now to put in a waiver claim, they would have had to put in this waiver claim, you know, on Tuesday. So they made this decision before Vinatieri, you know, exits practice early on Wednesday. And I mean, right now, again, there's a possibility that we've seen the last of Adam Vinatieri in in a Colts uniform. Tough pill to swallow on a Thursday, uh, for sure, definitely. Uh, I I wrote about I, you wrote about this, but I, I posted it on the fan social media, and I just said, you know, the injury bug has really bitten the Colts wide receivers badly. I mean, they they got they got bites all over them because of how much you know how many of them have gone oh, down. My God, it's mosquito infested bites. Can yeah. you imagine at the start of the year, Joey? And you, you kind of brought this up a little bit. You know, you're sitting around the campfire on July 4th and you talk about your dad, talk to your dad about all the injuries. How about you sit down, Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni, and you go, make a list of 100 yard receivers you'll have this season. Yeah. That list would have looked like Hilton. Yep. Funches. Uh huh. Campbell. If I make you like, dot, like, okay, predict more, just guess. Maybe Ebron. Deion Kane. Deion Kane. Mm-hmm. Jack Doyle having his twelve for hundred and five game that he, you know, has been has been known to dial right, up. Right. Okay. Uh I don't know. Maybe Naeem Hines hits a seventy yarder in the passing game and he has a hundred yard game. Like Hines would have been on that list. Hell, freaking Chester Rogers might have been on that list. No, no, no. Zach Pascal mm-hmm. is the only hundred yard receiver. For this football team this season. 200-yard games for Pascal. That's it. It's it's just been an it's been unbelievable to watch all the injuries and injuries and also when these guys have been healthy in consistency. I think we have to make sure that we mention both of those. Yeah. Hilton has missed five games. That's extremely notable. But T.Y. Hilton hasn't had a 100-yard game this season. Look at Paris Campbell. Yes, he's missed a handful of games, but Paris Campbell has, I believe, I think coming into Sunday, he has the smallest yards per reception of any wideout or tight end. And we expect a big play, yeah. you know, Paris Campbell. And then obviously the Deion Kane 
issue as well. So this has been a mix, um, you know, with, with, with Chester now on IR. Maybe it's more Naeem Hines. You know, listen to T.Y. Hilton yesterday. I think it's a real possibility he could miss the rest of this season. And I, if I'm Frank Reich and the Colts lose on Sunday, I almost go up to T.Y. Hilton next week and just be like, dude, no one is questioning your ability to play yeah, through injuries. Shut her down. Look what you did last year for this football team. Mm-hmm. That was unbelievable. Go ahead. Go play golf with Eric Ebron down in Houston or yeah. whatever you want to do during the offseason. Like, I mean, <laughs> the, that's kind of how I would approach things almost with, with Hilton. So, you know, Hilton said kind of a mysterious thing of like, it's not a calf, it's not a pulled muscle in the calf. He's like, I'll, I'll share more after the season ends. So I don't know if, does that mean, you know, nervous about an Achilles? I I, I don't know what you're kind of nervous. He didn't say surgery yeah. was needed, but there's a little bit more to this story with Hilton. Uh, I'm sure everyone saw the Colts promoted. Chad Williams from the practice squad did not sign Dontrell Inman. And, you know, similar to the Chase McLaughlin move, I'm good with it. Dontrell Inman's 30 years old. Yeah. We, we kind of know what Dontrell Inman is. Slapping a band. It's that meme where that the you know the water is flowing and the guy just has a band-aid slapping it on that. Yes. That's what it is. Perfect, perfect yeah. analogy there. If this is March, April, I probably would have been more on the Inman train. Mm-hmm. It's week 14. Chad Williams, a former third-round pick? Eh, why not? You know, see what you got. See if there's something there for a 24-year-old. And a lot of people have asked me about Inman. What I know about this situation is is this, and he did work out for the Colts on Tuesday. Basically, the Colts offered him back in the spring with the caveat of, hey, if we draft a wideout early, that offer is gone. They draft a wideout early after signing, obviously, Devin Funches. Yeah. Inman kind of calls back and is like, hey, that offer's still there? And they're like, nope. remember what we told you? So that's how things went down there. And, um, yeah, Colts healthy wideouts right now. We'll see if Paris Campbell gets back. I think there's a possibility of that. But, um, yeah, it has been an unbelievable season in that position group. Chris Ballard was on our airwaves uh, on Monday. You know, it's like he does after every fourth game, right, every quarter of the season. Quarterly updates. He comes on, Chris Ballard does, and then talks with Matt Taylor. What did you take away from his conversation? Yeah, for any of those that missed that, 1075thefan.com has a notebook recap of that. First thing, he loves how bright the future is on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, he, he feels like there is a chance to create something special there, and I, I do think there are a lot of really, really nice building blocks over there. You know, Ben Banigou is a name we probably haven't talked about enough. He's kind of come on a little bit here as of late. You know, yeah, if you like can, after training camp, I mean, we were kind of like, Ugh. right? You know, he fell off. And obviously the Kamoko Turi injury has opened sure. the door for a little bit of playing time. But, again, if you can develop Ture, develop Banigou, I still think you need to draft a defensive tackle relatively early next season. Taekwon Lewis has had an extremely underwhelming season when he's yeah. been on the field. Uh, great playmaking from the linebackers. Bobby Okariki has come on. Marvell Tell has made some nice plays as well. So Ballard loves that. His quote about Devin Funches was this. We had big expectations for Devin, especially after training camp, seeing what his big frame and skill set was going to do for our offense, and then playing well in the first game versus the Chargers. And I give Devin a lot of credit. He really bought into everything we were doing here. He's a good teammate. 
He works. It's a shame that it's worked out the way that it has. You never know what the future is going to hold, but we were very pleased with who he was as a person and teammate here over the last few months. You read anything into that, Joey, as far as 2020, Devin Funches free agency? Sounds like a nice um, farewell letter. You know. Yeah. Hey, uh, the email. We appreciate him. We wish him well on his next journey. Yeah. Right, right. Not as maybe as endorsing as a comment you'd make about Eric Ebron, um, but not like a press release quote you'd have about Adam Vinatieri either. That's kind of where I put it. So, you know, I'm not going to like slam the door shut and be like, there's no, no chance Devin Funches comes back. I probably lean towards him not coming back, but I think the Colts got to look at what's out there in free agency and they got to feel like, okay, you know, can you find the right body type? You are getting to the point now, Joey, too, where I think you have to think about this. If and when you're going to trade up for a quarterback, or I shouldn't say when, if you're going to trade up for a quarterback and mortgage some draft capital, some, Mm -hmm. does that mean you need to spend more in free agency at other positions? Now, that seems logical, I think, to a lot of people, but to Chris Ballard, you know, he might not be all in on that idea. So that's where I kind of think to myself, all right, do you try and develop Campbell, hope Reese Fountain gets healthy and can produce for you? Those are kind of your young wideouts. Then you re-sign Funchess, who still is pretty young, mm-hmm. and then find another wideout in free agency. Now, with Hilton having the injury situation, who knows? But that's just why I'm not going not gonna to quite slam it shut just yet on Devin Funchess. And then lastly, um, I think some people asked about Mo Cox, and he actually broke his thumb against Jacksonville. Ballard mentioned that. Um, they believe that he'll be able to at least be a little bit more comfortable catching the football moving forward, and the Colts will give him some some targets in the passing game. I don't think he was targeted against Tennessee, so he could help out in the Eric Ebron department as well. But again, for anybody that missed that, head to 107.5thefan.com for an update there from Chris Bowden. All right, man, you want to do a few uh, Twitter questions before we head into the weekend? You bet. All right, let's start with Steve. He says, good question for your next pod. Here we go. We've all heard the top 20 quarterback remarks, but what do Reich, Ursay, and Ballard really think of Jacoby? It scares me to death to think that they truly see him as a high-level quarterback in the league. Well, to be honest, Steve, I, I mean, those top 20 quarterbacks, their comments, they're coming from Reich, and I, I even think Ballard threw that out there, maybe not as often as Reich has, but, like, they are coming from those decision makers. Now, yeah. we haven't heard those comments, and, and to be honest, no one's really asked them like direct questions like that you know, since about whatever, September or August, when Andrew Luck decided to say sayonara. So, you know, that's that that I feel like you, you have to factor in. Um, you know, there is, as I've started to do more and more research, um, about Jacoby Brissett and diving deeper into, you know, questions that we got on Monday's podcast about what traits we look right. for future quarterbacks. There are stats that I look at current quarterbacks, and that helps me evaluate, I think, of where you would rank them on tiers. And a stat that I come back to a lot is success in the fourth quarter. And how does a quarterback play in the most pressure-packed situations of a game? And... As I looked into Jacoby's numbers, it was a trend we saw in 2017, and now it's a trend that we've seen again this season. His passer rate in the fourth quarter 
is extremely low compared to the rest of the league. Hmm. Here's some of those numbers, Joey. In 2019, as passer rating in the first quarter, 122.6. That is outstanding. That is Pro Bowl level. Yeah. What happens in the first quarter of games? You got scripts. You know, right there. Right there. Yeah. Scripts. I mean, it's scripted. You, you you have the first 20 plays scripted. Yeah. His pass rate in the second quarter, 84.5. His pass rate in the third quarter, 100.8. Again, pretty good. In the fourth quarter, 76.9. Hmm. His pass rate in the fourth quarter when the game is within seven, 62.5. Interesting. You look at 2017, his his passer rating, again, early in games, 88, 92, 96 through the first three quarters. That's respectable considering all the chaos around him back in 2017. And then in the fourth quarter, 63. Hmm. You know, you, you, you talk about the scripted stuff, and then you, you talk about the pressure pack situations of a fourth quarter. It's... I don't know how you can't look at those numbers and and not be concerned. Yeah. That's such a critical element. That third down where he's been pretty good, red zone, the Colts haven't been bad. I mean, there are other situational stuff to factor in, but the fourth quarter means everything. I mean, I don't want to get into the 2017 numbers of how bad the Colts were in the fourth quarter because I think a lot of that was on coaching staff. But, I mean, here lately, you've lost some fourth quarter leads, especially in the last – couple of weeks and you know I will repeat myself a lot over the next four or five months but this is me reiterating how we have to evaluate quarterbacks the Colts want a standard of elite level football that means that the Colts have the opportunity and they do have the opportunity to Mm -hmm. go out and try and find an elite quarterback they need to exhaust every resource in trying to find that because a 67 or a whatever quarterback rating he has in the fourth quarter, that's not going to get you 11, 12 win seasons and runs into the month of January. And you look so often at we have unfairly or fairly, we have to compare Jacoby Brissett to the elite level quarterbacks because that's how the Colts have to evaluate it this season. Mm. Can he be elite? That's the question this season. You look at Andrew Luck last year. In the fourth quarter. Passer rating, 106.4. When the game is within seven points, passer rating, 106.5. Those stats mean a lot to me. And so that's why I get back to, for those asking me, and I constantly get the questions, you know, why are you down on Brissett? Why are you, oh, he's got all these injuries around him. I will acknowledge those injuries, but these numbers are still numbers we have to look at yeah because we're making a critical evaluation here at the most important position on your roster and I think deep down going back to Steve's question I think Bowden and Reich will look at that and I don't know how they can turn their head and not invest something of note into the quarterback position come April Chad wants to know, does the lack of adjustments to the kicking game have you worried the front office may not be willing to make changes in areas of need this offseason like believing in Jacoby, too much to look at draft options or the wide receiver depth? You know, it's a, it's a good question, and I think it's a fair question. And I want to believe that 
there's evidence that outweighs just what we've seen here with Vinatieri and what we've seen here, mostly with Vinatieri. I, I don't want to go on like I'm fine with the Colts giving Jacoby Brissett a two year deal. I'm fine with that. Like, and, and, and wide out wise, I mean, they still invested a lot in a receiver last year. I mean, Funches in a ten year contract and Paris Campbell's a second round pick. That's a lot. Just because it didn't work out doesn't mean that they didn't invest a lot. So I, I I'm not ready to go there. Um, they love Jacoby Brissett. It's one thing to love your Hall of Fame kicker and let him ride out his 24th season. As much as I disagree with that and much as I think that's just incredible amount of malpractice by the Colts, it's another thing to be like, Jacoby, man, we love you. You are tough. You are a leader. Uh, Here's $150 million in five years. Sure. So I I, I don't think we will see the same thing. And if we do see the same thing, boy, it's going to be a long year on Kevin's corner. From Blaze, I know it's too late for questions. No, it's not. But do you think that the Colts have any interest in Dontrell Inman now? So, Blaze, obviously we uh, touched on that a little bit earlier. Thank you for the question. Uh, Clearly his workout on Tuesday did not lead to it. And like I said, I'm good with it. Let's see the younger guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, to to a degree. I'm not, like, staying on table for Chad Kelly just yet. Uh, I'm here down the stretch. But, um, yeah, that, that, that kind of explained the whole Inman thing. From Juan, would you cut all wide receivers besides Pascal and Hilton? Would you give Brissett next year with new weapons and a healthy offense to see if he can show development? Doesn't mean you won't draft another QB, but still. And then after you, you let, then you let him go if he stays playing average. Uh, no, not not at all, Juan. I'm not cutting Paris Campbell. I'm not cutting Zach Pass or um. He mentioned Pascal. I'm not cutting Reese Fountain. You know, you, you want to see what you have in some of these young guys. Yeah, Campbell being. More so than other, uh, you need reinforcements at wideout for sure. But yeah, in no way, shape, or form am I just cleaning house out at wideout. Tyler, he says, honest question here: Could the Colts put Naheem at the wide receiver position? Maybe a slot type of guy. This is insane that I even have to ask this. But what other options do we have? Tyler asked that. Yeah, very fair question, Tyler. And you know, Frank Reich mentioned, or uh, I think maybe it's Nick Sirianni mentioned. Yeah, we are going to use. Naeem Hines a little bit more with Chester Rogers going out. But then all of a sudden, I mean, Marlon Mack's hurt. <laughs> like, you can't. And now maybe Mack gets back this week. He practiced right. yesterday. We will see on that. You know, if he follows the Paris Cam- Campbell script, it's no guarantee that he plays on Sunday. Um, so I think they will expand the role for Hines, Joey. But I don't think you want to overload him too, too much. Last one here from Nate. Where has Mo Ali Cox been? I thought he was primed to have a breakout year slash game at any point. Cox had no targets with Ebron out. What gives? So we touched on the thumb thing. Having said that, Joey, I think these final four games are huge for Mo Ali Cox. Yeah. You know, when you talk about future at tight end and the sort of resources you need to invest there and throw Ross Travis into this group as well. If they can show you something, maybe the Colts believe in them a little bit more and kind of send a message, you know, of similar to kind of the message they were sending to Kamoko Ture last offseason. Yeah. Ture. Ends his rookie season poorly last year. The Colts don't draft a D-end at all. Uh, and then Ture had a nice start to the year. So do we see a similar message sent? Obviously, it's different. A second-round pick versus Mo Cox, an undrafted free agent, former college basketball player at VCU. But, um, yeah, I think it's a big last four games for him. That's it. On Twitter questions. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Yeah. All right, you want to do uh, keys to the game? Let's hear it. Three uh, keys for the Colts in Tampa Bay. What we got? Let's do them, man. Um, for those of you still believing in playoffs, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, article up on 175thefan.com detailing that. In short, 
pretty much have to go 4 0. Yep. Multiple losses by your Steelers, multiple losses by the Titans, and Oakland losing one game. You can't officially be eliminated with a loss, but your playoff odds can be like a size of a sprinkle with a loss. Mm-hmm. So that's how that looks. But Bucks and Colts on Sunday afternoon down in Raymond James Stadium. Number one key to me is attacking at the moment of truth. And I use that phrase a lot when talking about deep balls down the field, 50-50 balls, who comes down with it? Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. If you drafted Chris Godwin in fantasy, good job. Yeah, You're probably playing. I'm not. I'm in three fantasy. I know nothing about fantasy football. I'm in three leagues. How many playoffs did I make in those three leagues? I'm going to go none. Yeah. One of the leagues, eight of ten teams make the playoffs. <laughs> oh, a football guy. Football guy knows can't make the playoffs. Dude, it's so funny. I am I am not like football. Like, I'll, I'll, like I'm in a group text in one of the fantasy leagues. Like, they're texting things I don't even know. Like, yeah. yes, I, I hopefully know a lot about the Colts, and I usually know a good amount about their opponent that week, but I don't follow – the right. freaking Bears. The waiver wire. No. Yeah, I'm like, hey, Marlon Max hurt. Like, I kind of know what to do, but I, I really... People usually... are wild with the waiver wire, oh man. Oh, my God. It's crazy. So, anyways, attack of the moment of truth. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, probably the best receiver duo in the NFL this season. Big playability. Malik Hooker has got to be foaming at the mouth for this game because Jameis Winston is Santa come early. He will give you opportunities to make plays. Mix your coverages, have to disrupt the timing. It's certainly, uh, that's probably the biggest key is how you affect the quarterback. But like we saw in the first half on Sunday, set up some short fields for an offense that will still be missing several key players. Mm -hmm. Number two, win strength versus strength. That is the fourth best rushing attack in the NFL against the second best rush defense. Some people might might not know a lot of Buccaneer defenders' names. Their front seven is pretty good. Yeah. We're talking Vita Vea. Yeah, first round. The guy pick. the Colts liked. And Dominic Sue. Wow, forgot about that. Shaquille Barrett comes over from Denver. He leads the league in sacks this season, yeah. a one year contract. Uh at linebacker, Devin White. Remember, Quentin Nelson Devin White gift from from college. I gotta pull that up now, now that I think about it this week. That's wild that was him. Uh um, about that. And Levante David. I mean, those are that's notable to me in the front seven. Um, then you obviously have Todd Bowles, their defensive coordinator, stop the run every place he's been, and then a lot of pressure packages in terms of one safety, no safety. So the Colts have not handled the blitz well lately. But the, again, the main thing is win the strength versus strength, your run game versus their run defense. Um, lastly, who wants it more? If you think the Colts have small playoff chances, go look at the Bucks. Mm-hmm. They're five and seven. Their playoff chances are like beyond minuscule, but they officially aren't eliminated. They have won two in a row, though. I think they've won three or four. So, just kind of who, who's feeling it more in the sort sort of, all right, we still have something to play for, mindset. Yeah, because this is Spiro Didas and Adam Archuleta game. This is not, you know, right. No one's keeping an eye on this game. You look at the coverage map, you know, it's. The three one seven area code yeah, and, and and the Tampa area code. That's about it. So does uh, Bruce Arians' old tie with the Colts play any sort of role at all? I know it's a new regime, it's a new era, but still, Mister Ursay. I mean, yeah, what? maybe a, a hair, just because Bruce is such a. I mean, 
He'll use anything to. Yeah, I mean, he's BA. He, he, it's, it's the badass term for a reason. Now, I remember in 2013, the Colts went out to Arizona, got their doors blown off by yeah. Bruce Arians in that first meeting. Um, so I don't think a whole lot, but I, I mean, deep down, Bruce Arians, he's going to find motivation in any way, shape, sure. or form. And I mean, hell, it's not like the Colts did him wrong. The Colts <laughs> promoted him to enter him and, uh, um, yeah, got his first ever head coaching job because right. of that opportunity. So I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Bucks 27-23. Wow! In this one, I just don't think the Colts can score. And I know I'm giving them 23. That might be generous. I, I'm giving them 23 with the thinking of the defense might actually score, okay. or the, or the defense might give them really short field. Really short field. So the Bucks are favored by three. Um, too many just too many issues on offense to get in a shootout with uh, with Jameis Winston. That's tough to believe, that sentence right there. But uh, it's true with the state of the receivers right now. I was going to say, man, it's something I never would have thought to say at the start of the year. When you kind of looked at this in-game stretch, you kind of felt like, oh, Tampa's that one road game you could maybe sneak. And and certainly you can still win it. You know, It's it's kind of a coin flip game. But um, Tampa's played better as of late, and the Colts are are, are reeling, to say the least. Does Chase McLaughlin uh, make a kick on Sunday? I'll say yes. Yeah? Yeah, I'll wow. say yes. Okay. I, I don't know. I, just the fact that the Colts have had a bad history this year and guys getting hurt in Wednesday practices and it not being good. So that's that's where I go off of. But, again, stay tuned to 1075thefan.com. We'll have a lot more on Adam and Terry and all of that that happens. We'll be back Monday morning recapping the Bucks game. Obviously, talking a little Vinatieri and seeing what happens with the Saints because Colts are on Monday Night Football next week anything for you joey nope that's all all right man he's joey molinaro steelers have got the cardinals on sunday i believe 425 in arizona big game for the colts to watch as well and uh, everyone have a great weekend and we'll be back monday morning thanks for listening to kevin's corner this has been kevin bowen thank you for listening to another edition of kevin's corner if you haven't already subscribe on itunes or stitcher for the best colts and pacers coverage